If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here with Steve Cash and CJ Uri as the week off. Uh, so let's go in right into these NFL games from last weekend in the playoffs. You had Rams, Packers, Packers beat them 32 to 18. Uh, so, Steve, you got that game wrong. I got that one right. I mean, most people pick the Packers. You, you honestly, though, the logic you had was if the Rams defense, which was really legit, could lock down Rodgers. I mean, you have Ramsey. Could he lock down Adams? You have Aaron Donald. Could he contain the run game and stop Aaron Rodgers? But they just couldn't. Green Bay's offense is turning out to be really potent, even though they might not have the talent level that other teams have. I think at this point, it's their system and Aaron Rodgers, obviously. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, he he causes a lot of things to happen. But, I mean, their number two, number three receivers, you know, Valdez, Scantling, uh, Lazar, these are not guys that on other teams that would be studs. So Rodgers uplifts some of these weapons. Uh, their offensive line has been really great, and their defense is better than last year. Uh, and the Rams just couldn't do it enough offensively. So that was kind of my takeaway from the uh, Packers-Rams game, and now the Packers are going to the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, they that game was drawn up how the Packers wanted to go. Uh, I think they didn't panic throughout the game. I was I caught the beginning of it. I was streaming on my phone. I was out uh, at lunch, and I caught the first couple drives streaming it. And the Packers kind of went and marched down the field. And it was kind of scary looking at the beginning for the Rams. Like, how are they going to stop this this uh, this system? Uh, with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, I mean, those guys in the backfield, they, they just create schemes. That it's, it's hard for for a defensive, you know, coordinator to really figure out how are we going to stop this offense from from rolling. And I think they, the, the Rams didn't get enough pressure uh, to, to Rodgers. So I think when you're successful against this Green Bay Packers team, you're putting Aaron Rodgers on his back. They're not successful running the ball, and they're, it, it's you make everything complex for them. And having Aaron Donald injured for the Rams, I think, really hurt them. He wasn't in every snap. You could tell he was laboring. Um, I think that game – I think the Packers still win that football game if, uh, if Donald's healthy, but I think it's much closer. But uh, the Packers just played the, the perfect game that they had to do. They, could, they didn't turn the ball over. And you know, on the contrary, the Rams didn't get that turnover. There was an opportunity there where I think uh, Rodgers handed off to Dylan. Uh, mis miscommunication there. He fumbles it. Rams couldn't jump on it. Would have turned the game completely around. It was it was they were down by eight at that point, and who knows what happens. But it was close enough for the Rams to be uh, in striking distance all game. But uh, you know the the better team won at the end of the day, and uh, they're in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I, I mean you know the Rams put up a fight for a while. It was close, and then Green Bay just pulled away. But um, I agree with you. They could have definitely had, I mean, this is a defense that going into the game, you were like, if they're going to win, it's because of them and they didn't step up uh, enough. So good year for the Rams. I think golf, it would have been interesting maybe to see if golf hadn't broken his thumb, if he had been uh, more of on a roll, I still don't think he's that great of a quarterback, but still, uh, but the Packers were the best team in the NFC. I think they're proving that. 
this was a game I was wrong on. I said uh, Baltimore would win, and they actually got crushed 17-3 to by Buffalo. Uh, Lamar left the game late, got injured, the concussion. Uh, ugly scene for him. You know, I think it was because the whole season I had been on that, okay, Lamar's overhyped. Then he blew me away against Tennessee. Kind of forget for a second, oh, wait, Tennessee's defense sucks. Then he goes into Buffalo on the road with fans, and Buffalo's defense really good. He just got stopped. I mean, he couldn't do really anything. He could still run the ball, you know, relatively well. He's still the best running quarterback ever. Uh, but arm-wise, passing-wise, he just was not there. Uh, really ugly game for Lamar. But for Buffalo, I said, if they were able to beat Baltimore, I, I would really consider Josh Allen to be even better than I thought. He played really well. Maybe not as well as you think, but Baltimore's defense have been on a roll. So them scoring 17 points is still a big deal. Josh Allen didn't play horribly either. He had, yeah, 23 for 37, 206 yards, a touchdown, no picks against that Baltimore defense. I really like what he did. And even Buffalo, well, the run game wasn't really there. But Stephon Diggs, another 100-yard game. He had an amazing season this year. He's keeping it going. And now they're going to go into Kansas City. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but what did you think about this game? Yeah, it was a stalemate. Uh, I think uh, I think the media and ESPN, all these networks, want to like, I think overanalyze the game they were watching, and they go, "Oh, it was a boring football game." I thought it was pretty exciting for the score. You look at the score, and you're like, "Wow, that I was probably a, a sleeper." But I was watching that game with my brother, and we were we were looking at it like this game is pretty exciting. There was like a few missed kicks. I mean, Tucker misses too early in the game. The wind was blowing so hard. I mean, the the Bills kicker missed a couple kicks as well. So I mean, this game could have easily been you know around 23-17, right around there, which the score was there. They missed a couple kicks. Opportunities were missed, but um, Josh Allen played played pretty well. I mean, he missed a few deep balls. Uh, Early in the game, he had Stefan Diggs. I think they were they were trying to go for the home run ball early, try to strike early. And I just think it was just a good defensive matchup on both sides. I mean, both teams are moving the football, but they held their own when they when the opponents got in their plus territory. So I have no knock on on either team in this game. I was I was rooting for for Baltimore. I was rooting for Lamar Jackson. I mean, it was one of those games where I think as a football fan, I I didn't really care who won. I, I was rooting for both quarterbacks. They're both good friends. Um, just good guys in the field. And I think the Ram, the not the Rams, the, the Ravens were right there. It was 10 to three and Lamar Jackson makes a terrible, terrible read. The only mistake he made all night was thrown into triple coverage. Teron Johnson picks it off, goes 101 yards, the distance. And that was, it wasn't the dagger, but it kind of was the dagger in that game. He just, instead of just settling for, all right, just throw the football away. We'll set up for three points. It's 10, six. We have a whole quarter to play instead makes the, you know, dire decision, which, you know, people have been like, uh, you know, criticizing him for is like live to fight another down. And that's what I was telling my brothers, like, let's live to f see another play. And they didn't. And there was an opportunity there. I think um, Huntley came in the game, missed Hollywood Brown deep overthrows him. It's 17-10 with six minutes left, and it's a different uh, game. But opportunities on both sides to, the, to score more points. But it was a, I thought it was a good game regardless of the scoreboard. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, people are going to go really hard on Lamar. Did he have a bad game? Yes. But, you know, he won a playoff game. He's getting there. Game management-wise, he's great. Uh, but Buffalo was just a little too overwhelming. And, and, and then, you know, shit happens at the end of the day. Uh, so Chiefs and Browns. 22 to 17 victory for Kansas City. I said to bet the plus 10. 
uh, I mean, the uh, yeah, the plus 10 to cover because I was like, Cleveland's not getting blown out. I do feel like, though, if Mahomes had played the whole time, maybe it would have been a blowout. Uh, but Cleveland, they fought. Um, no one expected them to win this game. We did talk about, yes, Cleveland's offensive line uh, is better than Kansas City's. Their defense might be better. Even the run game going into that week, uh, specifically with Hilaire not being 100%. I forget if he didn't play or if he wasn't 100%. Uh, but Cleveland, they're making strides. I think they're getting there. They could do some things in the offseason to improve. Um, maybe trading Odell for some defensive help or for – other receivers or whatever they want to do, but Cleveland's getting there. But Kansas City, we all knew they were going to win. Now they're in the AFC Championship versus Buffalo. Yeah, this game looked like it was going to be a blowout uh, from at halftime. It was nineteen to three, I believe, nineteen three at halftime. And I'm sitting there going, "All right, we can box this one up and and move on." But I was I was sitting in my kitchen. I was doing some. I was getting some work done, and I was kind of flipping back and forth watching the game and. Hey, I'll say this about Baker Mayfield. I wasn't a believer in him. Have never been a believe. Was never a believer going into this year. Thought he was fake, but that guy's a player, and I'll give it to him. I'll, I'll uh, he he shoved it in everyone's face. I think you know, twenty three for thirty seven, two hundred four, touchdown, one interception, and we're, we're I think everyone's forgetting in this game. Higgins fumbles that ball on the inch yard line. Cleveland wins this football game. Cleveland's playing this weekend. If he doesn't fumble that, that's final score is 24, 22 in that game. They're, they're riding off into the sunset, you know, but it's football. You can't, it's, it is what it is. The play happened and everyone wants to say that it was helmet to helmet, but you know, it, it stuff happens. And it, it's in the heat of the moment. It was a bang, bang play. And I think Cleveland played their heart out. This, this whole, this whole run they had, if you're a Cleveland fan, you're, you're, you're happy as all get out with what happened and yes, lose. It's not okay to lose, but you played the defending Super Bowl champions down to the wire and, you know, it just, they just got out, out class there. And, you know, Mahomes not being in the game, I think does change. It makes the game closer. I think Kansas City may win this game by two possessions if Patrick is in the game, but you play the hand you're dealt. And I think if you're Cleveland, you're so happy going into the offseason. Let's make some moves. Let's bolster that defense, get it stronger. I'm with you 100%. I, I would trade Odell Beckham for, for some defensive help. Because look what you did without him in this playoff. You won a playoff game. You played Kansas City down to the wire, and you finished eleven and five regular season without OBJ for the last. And six Baker games. plays better without OBJ. I think, yeah, exactly. I think there's no pressure for him to get him the ball. I think he plays the hand he's dealt. He's finding his weapons. He's finding Landry. He, they're running the football more. I think Odell is one of those guys in the locker room that, hey, give me the football. I want it. I need it. I want my stats up, but. I think he's a cancer in the locker room, so I, I'm with you 100%. Trade him, get him out of Cleveland, you know, get some assets on defense, and you're you're right there on the doorstep of uh, being back in the postseason. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and like you said, you know, if you're a Cleveland fan, you couldn't be happier. 11 wins, a playoff win, first-year head coach Stefanski. Definitely looks like they finally made the right hire. Looks like they have the quarterback. I mean, I, I was on Twitter. I was on this show vocally against Baker Mayfield midway through the season. They just turned it around. Kudos to them. Uh, and then the game you want to talk about, uh, I said the Bucks were going to win. Um, you were you're obviously you're, you're all into this jinxing thing where, you know, you won't say the Bucks are going to win. You're wearing your Ooh, bandana right now. Yeah. And, and you bet for the Packers, which I think you shouldn't be allowed to do. That's illegal. Uh, but I was watching the game with my friend Tyler, a big Bucks fan, and, you know, I was telling him, too, I was like, hey, Bucks are going to win. I'm like, don't doubt Brady. 
in a playoff game. And I'm like, you can't beat a team three times. It just, they were even telling stories in the pregame, um, the, the pregame host, they were like, Oh yeah, I, I remember I was on a team and you know, we lost to them twice in, in the season. And then, you know, later on we beat them in the playoffs. It, it usually happens. And especially when it's Tom Brady, especially when Drew Brees is not Drew Brees anymore. Um, I, I really didn't think there was any doubt. And, and so Brady went in there. Yeah. They had to have a little bit of a comeback, but I think they played the more complete football game defensively. They were great with the turnovers um, they put pressure on the quarterback the entire game. Kamara didn't actually have an outstanding game, so they they didn't neutralize him, but they made him not a threat, um, which I guess means the same thing. But uh, uh, he didn't have like an outstanding game, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of Bucks fans were kind of just in denial because you know, oh, it's been so long, and oh, you know, we were owing two to the Saints. There was that fear of like, I don't want to say it, but then it actually happens. Now the Bucs are going to the NFC Championship, year one of Tom Brady. It's been incredible. If Tom Brady – I think, obviously, already, there is no debate. Tom Brady's the GOAT. But now there can be zero debate. If he wins this game this weekend versus the Green Bay Packers, he is the undisputed GOAT. First year with a new team, going to the Super Bowl would be incredible. I don't know who I'm picking yet. We'll get to that. Uh, I'm literally going to make a spur-of-the-moment pick. Gut pick this week because it's so close to me. Uh, but – you what did you think about this weekend? Yeah. And uh, real quick about, you know, you talking about the goat debate and I, it's kind of, it reminds you of like people like want to say LeBron James is the best of all time in basketball, but this is eerily similar. If not to when LeBron James, he leaves the East, goes to the West and wins it with the Lakers. Oh, he can't play in the West. He can't do it. Well, watch. And he did it. Now Tom Brady, AFC, AFC, he can't go anywhere else. Now he's in the NFC first year in the championship game. So the two, two kind of mirror themselves, but, uh, back to this game, I think, you know, like you hit, you hit it around the head. Uh, if you're a Bucks fan, I was sitting there in my living room going like, here we go again. Like, we can't beat this team. It's like Superman's kryptonite. We can't do it. Just, I think right after halftime is when I started getting my doubts because they battled all first half to keep it tied and just kind of, it didn't go well early. It was 6 nothing. Saints could have easily made it 14 nothing when the defense stepped up, kept them to two field goals. But you know, I think when they came out after the second half, right away, drove down the field, touchdown. I was like, well, this is going to be a struggle. I don't know how we're going to stop them. Then they get the ball back. We're down by seven points. And then they get the fumble. Uh, Cook fumbles and Devin White scoops it up. They get the equalizer touchdown. And then from there on now, I think the Bucks kind of realize, hey, we're, we're in this football game. We have a quarter in, in change left. And let's go fight to the wire. And that defense stepped up big time. Devin White with the dagger interception at the end. They, they, I said it before the game. I said that to win this football game, you're going to have to turn the ball over. The Saints don't. They take care of the football really well, and they were able to win the turnover battle, and that's what won them the football game essentially because both offenses were kind of stagnant throughout the game. It was very, it was field goal kicks. Uh, Bucks had a pick, you know, a pick that was run back to the two and a half yard line. You punch it in. I don't count that as a really a offensive touchdown. Uh, but the, the Bucks played the perfect game they needed to win uh, and to beat the Saints. And, you know, even though they had lost the Saints twice, it's never a given to beat a team that, oh, you're going to win the third time. It was a battle until about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be the same way this weekend for the Bucks. And I think if Tom Brady's on his game, they don't turn the football over. Um, it's going to be a, a very fun game coming uh, uh, this weekend with the Packers. But Touch on the Saints a little bit real quick. Um, seeing Drew Brees walk off the field uh, for the last time, kind of 
you know, giving that glance back over his shoulder. Like that's the last time we're going to see him out there in a Saints uniform out there playing competitive football. And I think I was like, you know, even though you hate the Saints and I'm like, that, that sucks. And for that fan base, he won a Super Bowl for them. You know, everything he did with Katrina, when Hurricane Katrina rolled through. I mean, everything he's meant to that Saints organization, it, it's it's been world class. Um, but a uh, great career and a uh, great guy. Uh, couldn't be happier for him in his career. And hopefully he has a good time in retirement. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I mean, Drew Brees is, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, it was sad to see him go off. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video, him and Brady talking on the field. And then, yeah, that, w- that was really cool. I mean, you don't see that sort of stuff a lot. And uh, also, you know, Philip Rivers retired. He announced it, I think, yesterday, um, which I'm glad. I mean, it, it's getting to the point with some of these old quarterbacks where it's like no one to hang it up. Philip Rivers was like, okay, I get it. No one's going to take me. I'm probably going to be a backup somewhere. Let me just retire, and that's it. Um, There's debate. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? I'm not going to get into that, Uh, but it's going to be weird. I mean, since I started watching NFL football, you know, you had Rivers and Breeze, and now they're both gone, and, you know, Eli the year before, and uh, the old guard is kind of starting to go away, and soon it's going to be Big Ben, uh, and then it's going to be Tom and then Rogers, and suddenly it's going to be all these young guys. So it's kind of the first wave of generation that we get to go through. But it is weird. When I was watching that Bucks saints game, you know, I didn't want to say anything out loud because, you know, my friends like you, you know, he, he doesn't want to sit there and hear me say like, oh, you know, the Bucks are going to be fine. They're going to win. I'll be like, shut up. You know, you're going to jinx it. So I'm, I'm sitting there the whole time, and I, I really had a thought in the back of my head. I'm like, Brady's going to come back. I really just there. There was some weird feeling I had watching that game. I was like, whatever score it was, I'm like, Brady's gonna find a way. I don't know why. Yeah, I, to me, I can't say the same because you know when you're on the outside looking in, not a fan, it's like it's easier to analyze a game. For me, I'm just like thinking, God, I can't lose this game. We can't lose this game three times. This is gonna suck. Like yep. that's all. You're, you think of all the worst thing that's gonna happen, but I think once they got the turnover and they got ahead, they got ahead twenty three twenty. I thought, okay, they can do this. They, they're they right there. And then when Devin picked it off, I'm like, all right, this they, – they By got the way, it. hey, Devin White should have been a pro bowler 100%. Yeah. Hey, it's I think it's more of a disrespect thing. It's like, hey, we don't play this shit. We don't play this for pro bowls. We're playing this yeah. for the ring. And, you know, I think that – I think this, this Tampa team is out there I, not getting disrespected, but I don't think anyone thinks they can do it. They were supposed to get run out of the building last weekend. No one's giving them a chance this week in the snow and the frozen tundra. I, I just get it I, to me. I think it sets up both. And they go, Hey, we'll show everybody. We can still play. And by no means is, is it going to be easy. I think the Packers are, are, can, they can very well win this game by two possessions, but I just think no one's giving Tampa a chance. And I think that for them they're that's where they want to be. And I think it sets up well for the Sunday. Well, Hey, we got to talk about that game now. That's next. Um, I'm looking up the weather right now for, uh, Lambeau Field. I want to see the uh, the degrees because this is this is a big factor. Fifty percent chance of snow. Yeah, twenty one degrees. That's brutal. Yeah, no, it's saying it might be fifteen degrees by the end of the game. At five p.m., it'll be fifteen. It's a three o'clock game. Okay, so yeah, that's ice cold. Now Brady might be used to it relatively. Uh, playing up in New England, he's played games in Buffalo before, but the rest of that Bucks roster, I mean, Mike Evans, Godwin, Fournette, these guys have been playing in the Southern States for their entire careers, 
that's going to be tough to go up to Green Bay, ice cold. But you know what? I think Brady's going to prepare them for it mentally. I really do think I have that same feeling I had watching the game last week. I think Brady's going to find a way. It's going to be a weird game. Weird stuff's going to happen. I just foresee it. We're going to see some weird turnovers. We're going to see some weird touchdowns. It's going to be, you know, you go into it, all these analysts are going to have this precise view of what this game is going to be like. I think it's going to be nothing like that. It's going to be a really weird game, and Tampa's going to win. Uh, because here's the thing. I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either side. The 38-10 to 10 Tampa win, we always say, what's the toughest thing to do to beat a football team twice? Now you're doing it on the road in the cold with fans in a playoff game against the MVP. Uh, you know, the, the odds are stacked. Uh, so this is not the same thing. It's going to be really close. I just feel – Brady's just in that mode right now. He's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's to me, it sets up like it, who knows what's going to happen. This is like kind of like a, a storybook ending. The two quarterbacks, I think everyone will want to see in the NFC Championship game, Rodgers and Brady. Let's uh, let's battle it out. If, uh, week six, this is two. These are two different football teams now. The Bucks are playing probably their best football all year, and the Packers. Uh, Rodgers even said it after week six loss. He goes, I think we need an ass whooping to kind of get us in shape. We've got to stop feeling ourselves. And it kind of brought us back down to earth. So you're going to get both teams best here. And you're, it's going to be, like I said, last weekend's game, it's going to be a freaking battle until the end. It's not going to be a blowout on either side. If it, if it is a blowout on either, which way I, I would be completely shocked, but this game gives me kind of the 2002 vibes. I was watching America's game in the off season when the bucks won the super bowl and they went to Philly and, they couldn't beat Philly. It's it's cold. All these Bucks players never played the cold weather. And John Gruden said, "You guys are in the, pre, the in uh, pregame warmups, and they're looking at their breath." And, and he's like, "I'm kind of scared here. How are these guys gonna react?" And that's how I think everyone feels about this game: is how are they gonna play in the cold? But Brady's gonna be like, "Hey, it's like just like anything else. We'll get used to it. We're gonna roll." He's been there how many? 14 times now uh, in the championship game. Yeah. So I think they'll be battle tested, and I think they got a lot of confidence after what they did in New Orleans. But uh, you still got to account for what Green Bay has. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. How are you going to stop that dynamic offense? How are you going to get some, you know, just disrupt the pass? You got to get some pass rush in there, get Rodgers on his back, and I think you'll be in good shape. But I think we're set up for a real treat this weekend, and uh, I can't wait. I'll be nervous all day. I don't think yeah, I'll be able please, to talk to Please clarify for everyone because I kind of just slid it in there. What, what's your bet for this game again? I put a hundred bones in the pack. My good. I did it last weekend. It's the best hundred dollars I ever spent. <laughs> hey, well, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it happens. But uh, the one thing I got to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if if the Packers do win this game, I'm rooting for them in the playoffs because he he needs a second ring. He really does. And so it's not like I want to see Tom Brady win. He's won enough. I don't like the guy. I mean, you know, as a per, you know, as a person, he's funny. He's a good guy and everything. But you know, he just pisses me off. You know, everyone who's not a Brady fan or you're a fan of his team, he just pisses you off because he wins so much. But I, I want to see Rodgers win that second ring, and I think this is his best chance. Uh, CJ, by the way, also has Packers in this game. Uh, so now we got Bills and Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes is playing. I'm sorry. I like. I, I don't want to breeze over this, but I, I like Buffalo. I like them a lot. But this game's in Kansas City. Mahomes is playing. The Chiefs are going to win. I don't know. I oh, like the Bills. No. Oh, I like no. the Bills. I like oh. the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be – I said this weeks ago in the group chat. I go, it's going to be Bucks and Bills in the Super Bowl. 
and the Bills are going to lose off a last-second kick wide left like they did in Tampa in, I don't know what year it was, 90-something. They lost in Tampa, I guess, the Giants. Uh, but, I mean, I'm rooting for the Bills. I think that fan base has endured a lot. I think get back to the Super Bowl again will be nice for them. But I'm looking at last weekend's game. I think, you know, you can look at it however you want against Kansas City against um, Cleveland. Yeah, I think they played – it much tighter than everyone expected. Uh, everyone thought that Kansas City was going to blow them out of the, out of the water, and I think if this Buffalo team comes and like knocks them in the mouth, I think that's how you, you're going to have to play as hard nosed. Yeah, I think keep the ball long. You don't make this a shootout because if you make this a shootout, Kansas City will it falls right into their hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I think I think we got to look at uh, how healthy is Mahomes going to be. He's still ding. He's still in protocol right now. So, um, I think he will step on the field and play for sure. I think, but. Uh, how healthy is he going to be? How is he in the right state of mind? What not? But um, I think this is going to be a great game as well. I think it's going to be one possession. I think it's going to be close. Uh, the margin, I think, is seven points. Whoever wins this ball game is between five and seven points. So, But my pick is Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. I like what they're doing offensively. And I think their defense can hold, hold the Chiefs to enough points where they can, they can outscore them and win. I mean, it's not bad. Hey, the line is minus three Kansas City, so it's not like it's foregone conclusion. Uh, I just have – I'm a lot like ADL, you know, TB12. He just never doubts Brady. I'm kind of like that with Mahomes. It's just he hasn't shown me any different. He just wins. And I, I made the comparison all year. The Golden State Warriors, they put – they push the gas pedal when they need to. If they're down by 10 points, Mahomes will be like, okay, boys, we're, we're doing this. Then they'll get a weird turnover. Somehow they'll get the ball at half field and then – Suddenly, two minutes later, they're ahead. So the, the Chiefs always do this stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, CJ also has the Chiefs as well in this game. So uh, we're going to move on to uh, – there was some news coming out of college football. The UCF um, AD, uh, Brian White's brother, I think it's Danny White, uh, he's going to Tennessee. – Tennessee. Yeah, so that, that raised some eyebrows. Yeah, I was kind of shocked because we all know what's happening with the Tennessee football program right now. There's allegations of them giving recruits money uh, in McDonald's bags <laughs> when they came to, when they came on trips. And to me, I think this this program's headed towards the terrorist death right now. They're going to be on a, a bull ban for three years, uh, and that's going to hurt recruiting. They're, they already had their leading tackler on defense. Uh, he's entered the transfer portal. Their running backs entered the transfer portal. Uh, I think two or three more guys have, and I think you're going to see more guys follow suit because no one wants to stick around and be in that program. That's just a dark cloud looms over you. And uh, it's kind of gutsy for him to take that job as the AD over there. So because football I mean, is everything in Tennessee. To me, I think he's thinking, you know, it's power five and, and he's done everything he can at UCF. Uh, there are rumors though. And I hope, I mean, uh, Brian White follows our strictly sports productions account. I don't know if he listens if, if he does, though, I really hope – I mean, there, there was a rumor I saw this morning. It said he might go to UCF to replace his brother. Uh, that would be unfortunate. He's done a really great job here. Um, but uh, if, you're, if you're listening, uh, thank you for the listen. Um, and then there's some other NFL news. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah, Urban Meyer. I don't think we covered it on the last show, even though it had already happened. Urban Meyer officially got hired in Jacksonville. Uh, Robert Sala got hired by the Jets. He's the former Niners defensive coordinator. Uh, and then we had this bizarre interview this morning. I don't know if you saw it with the new Lions head coach. Uh, and I got to read that. First of all, uh, his name is uh, Dan Campbell. He used to work for the Saints. 
his nameplate on his offense, uh, on his office as head coach slash the dude. Uh, and then in his, in his press conference, he said, we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Uh, interesting hire to say the least. I was in the gym and I was getting texts and someone had sent the clip and I never watched it. That's, that's hilarious, but it's a good mindset to have. I mean, I, we're going to come into a, a team and that hasn't really had success, you know, throughout their history. I mean, a, a team that's been, it's brutalized. They, they can't make the postseason. It's just, they're the lions. And I yep. think for, for them, it's, they need a guy like that. Hey, we're going to, we're going to fight to the end. No matter what happens, we're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. So, that's what you want to hear. I mean, it's an interesting approach, but I mean, I like it. I like the energy that he brings and that's what that team needs. You know, I'd, I'd like to hear him say this after they trade Stafford and go uh, three and 13. Yeah, that that's another thing. Yeah. Once you get in your first year and you're like, I shouldn't have taken this job. Yeah. <laughs> Patricia, okay. when he took that Lions job. <laughs> yeah. Patricia's like, Hey bro, uh, good luck, but I'm out. Uh, but uh, Nick Sir- Sirianni is hired by the Eagles as well. He's the former uh, Colts offensive coordinator, only 39 years old. Uh, so he's replacing Doug Peterson. Uh, and then Dwayne Haskins just signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I find mildly interesting. I mean, as far as we're concerned, big Ben staying, they want him, but maybe they're thinking, well, Dwayne, another big guy, big arm, if Big Ben can mentor him, get into shape. But then you also think, well, uh, Big Ben's had his problems a little bit with the working out thing, and that's kind of why Haskins got released from Washington. I mean, we, we've heard the problems. Uh, you know, Ben's had to go take care of some things. So I don't know if it's the best mentor in that. But, it, you know, Ben is a Hall of Famer. Tomlin's a good head coach. Whip him up into shape. Maybe Dwayne's their future starting quarterback. Um, so, yeah, that's just a tiny bit of news there. Yeah, I, I think uh, I was kind of surprised by the signing, but I think it's a safety net. Um, see what happens, you know, with with Haskins behind Big Ben, and I think Big Ben this is his last year. This is his last uh, hoorah, and I think if if things don't go well early, there might be a change. But I think this is it for for the Steelers and and, and Roethlisberger because we saw him in, against the 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 Browns, just too many turnovers, not many good reads. Uh, some poor throws, but I think uh, they got to improve the running game for him. I think I uh, get, get a, if they could get a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne in the draft somehow, some way that would take the load off tremendously for uh, the passing game in Roethlisberger because they're, they're, they couldn't run the football this the, at the second half of this, of the season. And that really hurt them because they were very one dimensional teams could figure them out. They couldn't score as many points. As they did early you know, given their schedule was, you know, a kind of a cupcake walk for the first 10 weeks. That's why they were 10 and 0, but still the matter of the fact is they couldn't run the football and that was the demise of them at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Also, uh, Harrison Bryant made the all rookie team shout out FAU Trey Hendrickson, second in the league in sacks, some pretty good representation there. Um, and now I'm trying to think, Oh yeah, we didn't really expand on the urban Meyer thing. It's kind of a big deal. I mean, if he was going to leave college, this was the best opportunity by far, 100 million in cap space, a shit, a, a crap ton of picks. Uh, and then Trevor Lawrence, I'm forgetting we can't curse because we're on our radio today. I'll have to uh, edit that out real quick. Uh, but yeah, um, I like the Urban Meyer hire. I think it's going to succeed. This guy, and everyone's saying, oh, you know, he was just with college kids. You know, they're young and vets aren't going to respect it. No, no, no. 
Urban Meyer gains the respect from everyone. He's one of those guys, when he talks, you listen. He's got that presence, at least to me. Uh, I think it's going to be a real success. Him and Lawrence, all these picks, $100 million, they might be good in two years. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hire him. A lot of people don't like him because of what he did at the University of Florida, leaving for health reasons, and then he comes back. and you know He's, he's back at Ohio State coaching within two years. But I, Then I'd he just like did to- the same thing. Yeah, and so uh, he's kind of uh, behind closed doors what's going on. But anyways, on the football field, great coach. I mean, he's a no-nonsense guy. Hey, we're gonna, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get to point A to point B. That's what he said in his, pre- in his presser. Hey, we're going to do things the right way, and we're going to turn this ship around. So I, I think it's, it's the right opportunity for him. I think he was waiting for this type of thing to come around. And uh, you get Lawrence, no matter what happens. If and if whatever happens come draft time, if they do if they do not take Trevor Lawrence at the number one spot, if I'm a Jags fan, I am livid. But I don't see that happening. I think no. they go with Trevor, and I think you 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 start building that 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 uh, franchise from block by block. And I think the the head coaching hires is the right way to go. And he even said in his presser too. He goes, "I'm not the you know the." The crazy guy I was in college. I'm not going to be hooting and hollering. We're going to get things done the right way. It's going to be calm, and we're going to do things the right way, and, and we'll get rolling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm really excited to see it, uh, and and it's going to be next season. Him and Trevor's going to be fun, and we're you know that's a good question. We might be able to ask some people uh, when we go to Radio Row in two weeks. Me and you are going. We're going to do some strictly sports there. Uh, CJ won't be able to make it. He went with us last year. Uh, if you've been following us for that long, first of all, thank you for continuing to listen with us uh, all this time. But we had tons of interviews last year at Radio Row. We're going to be doing that again this year. Uh, I have heard, actually, Steve, I know I told you we might not be able to talk with coaches and players. That might not. That might be wrong. We might be able to do it virtually. Uh, that would be very cool if we were able to do that. Uh, if that happens, though, I think it would be via press conferences with the entire media pool. So whether we get questions uh, over the professionals, probably not. But maybe we can sit in the room and kind of give you guys reports on what these guys are saying. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great experience. Tons of media members there. Uh, we interviewed Greg Cosell last year, who's a genius. Uh, goes on Colin Coward show as his own show on ESPN. Uh, I hope to get him back on for another interview. Uh, listening to him is like listening to the gospel when it comes to football strategy and football plays. It's awesome. So I hope he comes along. Uh, and then Zach Weinenberger will be coming with us. He'll be on some of the uh, shows with us. And John Stefano also got some credentials as well. He's going to come with us. Uh, Sawyer, JP, they're not going this year. Uh, I know they had nonstop sports with FAUL Radio. So if you're a fan of that, uh, they won't be doing that show this year from Radio Row for some uh, – reasons and uh okay so now let's go into the nhl and this is uh you know we were talking last night we were watching that montreal vancouver game and uh you put the money on vancouver and and we were like dude i mean vancouver what are they doing at goalie this is a shootout they don't play defense nate schmidt's being exposed it's hell of a game last night between uh, vancouver and montreal but you did win your bet i did and it was uh if you're a hockey if you're an outside fan kind of on the fence about the nhl Go watch that. That's the type of game that would be like, wow, I'm going to watch every single NHL game in the slate. But, yeah, great game last night. I think uh, Carey Price wasn't – obviously both him and Holpe weren't vintage uh, themselves. But uh, Josh Anderson had a good game. Uh, took a couple of bad penalties, but I like his style of play for Montreal. And Toffoli had a hat trick last night you know, playing his former team, and he went off as well. Quinn Hughes on the other side, JT Miller, 
and uh, Bo Horvat, you know, driving the bus for both those teams. And I think this Canadian division, I was telling you and Adam that uh, this is going to be a, a, it's a circus show and it's going to be so much fun to watch all year for 56 games. Cause you're going to, it's just a battle. You're playing in the same country. You're, you're playing the same teams every night. Uh, it seems like, but uh, it's going to renew some ri- ri- old rivalries. And it's going to you know, create some bad blood amongst the whole NHL as well. You're looking at, I'm looking at some of these teams that are going to play eight times a year. You know, Boston's playing the Rangers eight times, Boston and, and the Capitals, Pittsburgh and Washington. It's going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath come game 50, but this is going to be a fun ride to the end for the NHL. Yeah, we were right about the Penguins too at Tristan Jari. He's been god awful. I think his GA is 7.71. They're not going to win games like that. Yeah, he was brutal. I watched him on opening night. I'm like, all right, it's game one. But he's just out of position, giving up really bad goals. And uh, I think if you're Pittsburgh, you can't rely on scoring five goals a night to win. It's just not going to happen. Any team, regardless, I looked at Toronto the same way, even Edmonton. You're going to have to structurally you know, build it on defense. You're going to have to play sound defensively if you're going to want to get to where you want to be to win the cup. And I say it about every team. And I said that about the lightning for years to come for years. And I'm not saying that because a Homer pick, but you have to play defense. If you want to win the NHL, it's just the bottom line. And I think the Rangers are in the same boat too. They can score a ton of goals. It's defensively. Can they figure it out? So I think a lot of teams are, it's still early. And uh, Adam made a great point. A lot of teams you're seeing now kind of a fluke start, no preseason, no, not a lot of training camp, you know, under your belt. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams come into their own uh, round game 10, 12. So still, still very early in this, uh, in this young season. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the Rangers with the defense. I agree. I mean, they, they took Tony D'Angelo out for disciplinary reasons. So Jack Johnson, by the Jack Johnson is so bad. I don't know why they're playing him. They have Brendan Smith sitting tomorrow night and Johnson playing. I just don't understand it, especially because you're paying Smith three or four million dollars. Johnson's one. Why are you playing Jack Johnson? I saw a meme on Twitter. It was the you know that meme of the guy that shoots the basketball and misses every time. It was like Jack yeah. Johnson shooting on goal. That's that guy. I mean, it's so infuriating. I don't know why they even signed him in the first place. They have rookies they could play, but I really like what Keandre Miller's been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truba's been playing physical, but he's been really slow. Um, and, and, you know, he hasn't been playing as well defensively as you would like him to. And uh, Lafreniere was actually moved up to the top line with Kreider and Zibanejad already. And uh, David Quinn was like, he just needs that first goal, so I can't wait to see that. But uh, Rangers, they just need to get it going. Devils have been playing well, though. Bruins have been playing really mediocre. Uh, we, we talked about it though. I think Adam said the other day, they hadn't even scored a five on five goal yet. And that was their problem last year. Uh, they might have some trouble scoring goals. Yeah. I think a, a, a big piece of that is Pasternak being, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause you have Martian and Bergeron kind of quarterbacking that, that first line. I, I, they don't have their, their guy that can really put the puck in the back of the net consistently. So I think yeah, there's no need to panic. I think on this Bruins team, uh, I, I mentioned it five on five. They're not as strong, I think, as other teams in the East Eastern Conference. Uh, well, there's no Eastern Conference this year, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, I, I think for this team, it, it, they'll be they're going to finish first in this division. I don't see how you're going to hold this team down all year. They're going to get it in form. Yeah. They have goaltending. Um, but the Devils, they played them tough as well. Mackenzie Blackwood, I like that kid a lot. He really is square in the net. He's solid. Um, just, uh, I think if the Devils got any some sort of offense, uh, we saw it the other night against the Rangers scoring four goals. If 
if that can be a constant for them, then watch out for this Devils team. They're scrappy. They can play tight and boring at times, but you know we'll see. It's it's a lot of a lot of things we can watch in the next this next week um, with the NHL. But did you see what happened with the Capitals? I was going to bring that up. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the four guys are out for four games. That's a big deal. They were all in the same hotel. There, I guess I was watching Sportsnet last night, uh, watching the Canadians game, and they said Ovechkin, Orlov. Um, Kuznetsov and Samsonov were all in the same room in the same hotel room breaking protocol and someone was like yeah probably ripping lines of coke with Ovi with uh, with Kuzi <laughs> I was like dying laughing I'm like yep there you go the Russians all in the same room yeah of course hey I'm happy though it helps the Rangers uh, by the way you are in the lead in fantasy hockey 154.9 points for you I've got 151.4 so we're neck and neck and then uh, Zach Jacoby, he's in third. CJ's in fourth. Shapiro, fifth. And uh, Colby's in last. Yeah, me and Colby had the most damn goals against in, for goaltending. I have, like, negative 50 points. I'd be at 200 blowing you all out. But <laughs> it's just not even worth playing a goaltender. I'm like, Darcy Kemper got me negative 12 last night. I'm like, That's why, dude. Hey, I stacked up. I got Vazzy and Shesterkin. I was like, I'm not pulling any punches here. You, like, yeah. I, I, I know from last year. When you see those minuses every night, it's like, really? Like, I don't, I don't understand why every goal they give up is minus one. That's not even fair. Minus two. Minus two? Yeah, it's two. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. You give up, you give up five goals, you're, you have ten points deducted. It's like it's like impossible. You better hope the goalie gets a win or you're screwed. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I should have changed the rule. I didn't even know that was the rule. But uh, next year when we do, we got to do it. All right, so there's some baseball stuff, too. Um we had the fluke out with Michael Brantley going to the Blue Jays, uh, and now he's with the Astros again, two years, $32 million. Who cares about the Astros? They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to be worse without Springer, though. But George Springer, six years, 150 with the Toronto Blue Jays. That lineup is absolutely legit. They still need a starting pitcher. Um, they also signed Kirby Yates, the closer, uh, who missed all of 2020, but the last two years before that, he was lights out. Blue Jays, you know, they're looking scary. Yeah, we were talking, we were chatting a little bit yesterday uh, about the Blue Jays, and we were talking about how if they, we were talking when they got, quote unquote, got Brantley, and we were thinking, wow, this is going to be a team to, to reckon with hands down. They still are no matter what, but I think if they, ha- if they had acquired Brantley, they would have traded, like you said, Kerchuk or someone for some more pitching help. I think this team is one piece away from their starting rotation from being a you know legit contender like the Padres are on the on the uh, National League side. This team's young. They're grind. They can grind. They made the postseason last year against the Rays, uh, getting knocked out into only a three game set. But that they got a little bit of taste of what you know play, postseason baseball is like. And now you add Springer, who's won a World Series. He's been in deep runs. He just got knocked. He just got uh, to another ALCS, losing in seven games to Tampa, but this guy's going to add a lot of experience to these young guys that can be like, Hey, this is how it's done. Uh, long season. Let's grind. Let's do it the right way. And I think Toronto's is trending in the right direction adding Yates as well. That's another solid piece to the back end of that bullpen. And to me, being in the AL East, you and me, you know, it's going to be a tough, uh, they were a tough out last year to just to play in a three game series, uh, three, four game series uh, in the regular season. But uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a grind against them to say the least. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not just saying it to say it. I mean, they're probably better than Tampa is right now because Tampa, you know, getting rid of Snell and Morton yeah. just it sucks to see. It does, and it, it, to me, this you know this MLB season for 
for a lot of teams, there's a lot of question marks. Who's going to, are the Padres, you know, you can, you can win the offseason all you want, right? We've talked about this before too, is you can make all these moves, acquire all these guys, but does it translate on the field? Uh, same way, we're going to look at the same way with Toronto. Um, is Tampa going to bounce back? How are the Yankees going to translate with, with what they have right now? Is their pitching staff going to be there? We touched on that um, with Strictly Baseball. But um, I'm excited for the season coming up, and there's a lot of a lot of teams that could surprise people. Chicago, another team that has won the offseason, top two team with with acquiring talent. So, but does it translate to success on the field? That's the biggest question mark for each of these teams. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And, and you know, I was doing my top ten list yesterday. I completed all, of them, or not yet. They're my rough drafts of what my top tens are. Uh, the Blue Jays, uh, and it looks like so they had Vlad Jr. at first base. But now with all the transaction, it looks like they might have to put him back at third. So Vlad has the potential to be a top 10 third baseman. I think Bo Bichette, I have him right now at least in my top 10 shortstops, but he's had such a small sample size in two seasons that I might have to take him out and say, okay, do it again for me. But he's right on the borderline there. Um, Kevin Biggio, top five second baseman. Because uh, second base, not the deepest position, but still top five second baseman I have him at. Uh, Rowdy Tellez at 283 with some pop last year. Teoscar Hernandez, 16 homers the year before, 26 bombs. He's in my top 10 right field. George Springer, top three center fielder. Uh, and then left field, um, thinking about who they're going to play there. Probably Grichuk, uh, I would I assume. Grichuk, yeah. Yeah, probably Grichuk. And, you know, who knows what he is. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel. And Lourdes Gurriel is a top 10 left fielder for me right now and he was on MLB Network as well and on that Sabermetrics panel that they have so they got top 10 guys all over offensively that's why I'm saying get one more starting pitcher because Nate Pearson could be a solid two or a three because he throws 100 he's one of their prospects they can get one more guy because they they have Roark but he's getting a little older they have Robbie Ray but he needs to kind of work on some things if they get one more guy they're they're going to be there I think they're better than the Yankees if they get another legit starting pitcher yeah, exactly. Like you said, I was talking with a few buddies as well, and this team's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think right now on paper, they're they're better than I think every ALE's team. Uh, that's just how I see it right now. And you know, we'll see what happens come spring training. And obviously, staying healthy is a big big factor in the in the in, in baseball. And that's just the thing: it's, it's staying healthy and doesn't translate. That's the, the two biggest you know bullet points going into the season. Absolutely. So also John Lester, one-year deal with the Washington Nationals. Pretty old rotation. I mean, they're all over 30. Uh, so Lester not retiring yet, and he'll be in Washington this year. Tyler Chatwood also went to the Blue Jays. Looks like he'll be more of a bullpen guy. Jose Quintana to the Angels. Uh, I like that move. They need starting pitching, but do something else, Angels, because you have Mike Trout and you don't do anything to surround him. It's getting infuriating at this point. I was watching John Boy the other day. He's like, if they don't go sign Bauer and Tanaka, trade Trout. You don't even deserve him. If I was Trout, too, I'd want to leave. I mean, why did he for- sign the contract? That's what I was wondering. I mean, why did he? I know he he probably loves it out there and a loyal guy, great guy, uh, great teammate as well. But you got to look out for yourself at a certain point, too. It's kind of like the Deshaun Watson situation over in Houston. I mean, it's like, Am I going to waste my career away? I, yeah, I played the sport my whole life to win a championship, and Mike Trout's got to be thinking that same way. I think if they don't start making moves this year, I, I'm, I'm having a, a hard sit down with the management and, and the upper man, the upper management, I should say, and be like, "Hey, 
we don't start making moves, I'm going to request a trade and I'm going to hold my services until we either do something or you find me a home. Because I, as a baseball fan, I think I want to what anyone wants to see. If you're, if you watch baseball, uh, I've been doing my whole life seeing Mike Trout in the postseason. I think everyone wants to see that. And I think if you add him to a contender, I mean, shit, that guy will, that guy will win you a championship. He'll get you there. He'll get you the promised land. You know, I, I totally agree. Uh, I want to see it. And, and, you know, I was hearing, you know, if, if he does get traded, Yankees will probably back up the truck for him because they have Jason Dominguez, who's everyone saying he might be the next Mike Trout. You give him Dominguez and like five pitching prospects and, and you know, and Duhar or some crap. I mean, that Yankees might get Mike Trout, but I think the Philly, I think he would push for Phillies. But then again, they're already paying for Harper. They're already paying for Wheeler. I don't think they'd have the money. I really do think if Trout leaves, he, he'd probably end up with the Yankees. I would hate you all forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know. Dude, if Trout – imagine Mike Trout in the Yankee Stadium. He might hit like 70 home runs. Like, Pretty much. Seriously, that guy might hit like 50 a year. It's not – that guy – when he hits a liner to the gap, that has a chance to get out in, in, in a normal ballpark. I, I told you that. I've seen him playing at, at the Trout. Two times, and he hit one. I swear to you, he hit it to like the deepest part of this where the raised tank is on a line, and it hit the top of the ball. And right center, he hit it. Yeah, right center. I'm like, yeah. then he hit one out, and it hit the banners. I'm like, dude, this guy. He, I mean, he's a he's a world class talent, only a once in a generation type player. So, yeah, he's the, the clock ticks. You know, age is is brutal, and especially in pro sports, it goes by quick. And once you hit a hit a wall at a certain point. There's no getting that back. So I think for him, I think I really want to see him on a contender. I totally agree. Uh, also, um, Jay Happ, one year, $8 million to the Twins. Um, I hope we play them in the playoffs. I'll just say that. Uh, we already own them. Uh, then uh, there was another big trade, Padres and Mets and Pirates, three-way trade. Uh, the Padres got another starting pitcher. They acquired, uh, they acquired Joe Musgrove from the Pittsburgh Pirates. They gave him five prospects. And then Joey Lachesi or Lekesi, or however you say it, he's with the Mets now. We were talking about the Mets need that fifth guy because Steven Matt struggles. They need the fifth guy before Syndergaard gets back. They have that guy, and now the Padres, they have their fifth guy. I thought they were just going to go with Mackenzie Gore. I mean, number five prospect in baseball, why not? But maybe they're just like, hey, go work on some stuff at AAA, and Musgrove's our guy for now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think this team is – figuring things out right now and you know Musgrove it's a that's a good addition I, I think for him I don't know uh this Padres team I there's no I can't say anything more about him I don't, I don't want to sound like a homer because we talk about I think every time we're on this pod mm-hmm. we just rave about the Padres and I don't want them to shove it in my face but like you said I mean like if they keep making these moves I don't know if I can like them I think those be too yeah. strong to, to overcome but uh, that I think they're selling out. They want to win a championship um, here and now. And I think right now, if you're a franchise, that's the way to do it. I mean, how many times do you get the opportunity to get a team this loaded and have a chance to add a World Series? I mean, with the competition level in baseball now, the despair, I mean, there's just only so many chances you get. So I, I, I'm fully on board with what uh, San Diego's doing. Yeah, no, I mean – and we talked about it too. We, we kind of want the format to be uh, edited a little bit. There have been talks about that going to a, uh, I think, 14-team playoff 
because it was 16 this year. They might go to 14 or no, it might be 12. Sorry. Yeah. 12 team playoff, uh, which we have 10 right now. And then we still don't know if there's a DH in, in the national league. Yeah. I, I'm waiting on that news to break. I think here's my prediction. I think they'll go with the DH because with the success rate I had last year in the NL, like we, we rave about it too, is what's the point of having a pitcher in the ninth spot? It doesn't do anything for the game. Um, it's a given out 98% of the time. And I think right now the numbers last year in the NL, they skyrocketed offensively. So why not if the MLB just make the universal DH, it's going to make the game much more fun to watch. Um, it'll attract the average fan to watch the West, uh, the NL, I should, I should say, but uh well, well, did you hear? Did you hear the? And I think Bud Black should be banned from baseball for this. He said, "I think we should have the DH until the starting pitcher is removed." Like what? That's stupid. What? It's so dumb. That, that makes no sense. So zero. There's, there's a DH until the starting pitcher is removed. Yeah, in the National League. So that means you have to pinch hit for like, like potentially like what if a starting pitcher gets hurt then you pinch it for the whole game i mean that's that's stupid that, that, throw that shit out yeah that's that so out. dumb I, I mean like a major league manager said that i can't believe that i i just that right when i saw bud black's idea i'm like are you kidding me a big league manager wants this gimmick of a dh whatever uh you know Whatever. I'm not going to spend much time. I don't think they'll ever approve it. That you either go in or you don't. That it's, it's yeah. you can't meet in the middle. So um, NBA. There's really. I mean, I guess there was a fun game last night. The the Cavs beat the Nets 145 to 137 in double overtime. The big three first time fumbled the bag against the freaking Cavs. Uh, so oh, oh yeah, I picked him Drop up on fantasy basketball because someone dropped him because he was injured. And I'm like, oh, I'll take him, put him on my IR until he's healthy. And he gives me 71 fantasy points last night. I'm like, thank you. That was worth just the pickup right there. Yeah, he looked good last night. Dropped 42, I believe, and had the last 20 points in in the overtime session. So, I mean, hey, him healthy. He looked really good last night. And the Cavs got a gem there. Absolutely. All right. So uh, we talked a little bit about hockey and baseball. We'll have strictly hockey and strictly baseball in a little bit. Uh, Like I mentioned, I did my top 10 list for baseball. So each strictly baseball, we're going to have a top 10 until the season starts. Uh, And then strictly hockey, we're going to do with Adam, of course, uh, whenever we're we're ready, probably over the weekend at some point, reviewing the games way more in depth than where where we did here. That's why we do those extra pods so that we can really actually go in uh, to everything that's going on. Uh, and then Strictly Sports, we'll have a review pod next week for the NFC Championship games. Check back at this channel because we're going to be at Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, John's going to be bringing his camera. Uh, so we'll be able to use the YouTube channel again and get video of some of our interviews. Uh, so we're going to have that for you guys. So follow us for that. It's going to be major coverage from the Super Bowl coming up soon. You can find all of our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. For Steve Cashin, I am Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.